Twin Lights Brewing was founded as a community-centric, environmentally-minded family operation which seeks to source and honor local ingredients, push the boundaries of the science of brewing, and spread the kind of joy that only comes from drinking beer crafted from the heart. With an ever-rotating selection of beers on tap, a family-friendly tap room that welcomes children of all ages as well as dogs, and a large, comfortable space to host all kinds of events, Twin Lights is designed to bring the community together in new and exciting ways. Visit Twin Lights Brewing at 4057 Asbury Avenue in Tinton Falls, New Jersey, and follow them on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on their newest releases, merchandise, and special events. Twin Lights Brewing, the official beer sponsor of the Review Podcast Network. Ready, set, review. Uh, now this is episode 100, yes. the uh, official rebrand. Um, so welcome to uh, Flickin' It with Matt and Will and tonight's special guest. Hey, I'm a very disappointed Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, why are you disappointed? Uh, we well, yeah, explain to the audience what we just did. So tonight's us. topic uh, is the Flash movie. So get ready for disappointed spoilers. Uh, we just watched the movie and... I have to say, with the exception of like some really awesome moments overall, I'm not. It's just, just. It seemed unfinished. Yeah, it was just a very unfinished and rushed. And it took rushed. It took six years to make. (laughs) And (laughs) like this movie was announced. We've talked about this movie for a very long time on this podcast. So just to remind everybody, the Flash movie with starring Ezra Miller because Ezra Miller was cast. In Batman vs Superman, this movie was announced in conjunction with the release of Batman and Superman, which came out in 2016. It is Holy 2023 shit. for those of you keeping count. We've been waiting for this seven years. We've been waiting for this movie seven years. And I've never seen a movie where the title character is by far the worst part <laughs> of the movie. Because we'll get into this, but Ben Affleck's Batman was incredible. Uh, it was the best he's ever done, even though the mask had The mask looks gummy. Things. Yes. Uh, yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman, phenomenal. Best part of the movie by far. Um, Supergirl was good. I liked the parents. There's some cameos later on that are great. But most of the movie is The Flash, and the characterization, the way he acts, the way they explain his powers, just Everything about the Flash and this doesn't work for so many reasons, and and that's why the movie I, I was to me a disappointment. Yeah. Yes. Um. I was gonna say I think what also did not help the movie is that we literally have had a TV show for the last six seven years that have gone into the lore and the powers and the mom and the dad and the and this the same storyline wait that's what i'm saying same storyline and then it does it better so of course if you've seen the other one you're like even we were just talking about it like just down to how they animate the running and it's like it's so much better in the tv show and it's like it, it's almost like comical like you had source material that you could have pulled from the TV show. You saw what fans responded to positively, and you're like, "Oh no, we're gonna do something different." Yeah. So like, so like before before we even get into the 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 elements, like this overall story and other character elements that made this movie suck, let's just talk about face value, which we've been saying for a while. Um, looking at the trailers, and you know, it's it's always. It, it can it can often be unfair to criticize CGI and trailers because very often we're right. looking at unfinished material. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Right. The CGI in the trailers looks identical to the CGI yes. in the finished movie, and it looks garbage. Like the CGI Hot in the CW garbage. shows is better than what like it was like just. just like top to bottom too, there there was no good CGI in the movie. Like there was not yeah. a single 
good element. Like, 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 think about everything. Even from the 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 face masks on the Kryptonians I hated were so I bad. Hated right, Flash's suit in this movie. The I only time, yeah. the only time that, that Flash's suit looked good was there was that there was one scene and it was very noticeable when he first. Uh, goes to his house right before he's traveled back in time where he's just kind of standing and slowly walking which I'm convinced is the only scene in the entire movie where he was actually wearing in a suit, suit. No, I bet the you there only... was no suit there was probably no suit I mean well then if there was no suit that's the only time the CGI for the suit looked good because every other time his neck looked like constricted and the, the he looked like he had a Helmet on, and the rest of the suit was like rubber, and the the animation, like the him the helmet slow, looked like, like, like the helmet looked plastic. Yeah, right. The whole right. Movie. Well, all the CGI in the movie that's connected to the scenes we see in the trailer, um, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman at the beginning. Um, anytime you see the two versions of Ezra Miller's Barry Allen, whenever you see them together. Um, and the Kryptonians. Those are all things we saw in the trailer. Right. Those were just all kind of subpar CGI. Not terrible, but not good. You know. Right. Well, you'll see. I, even though the Batman chase sequence at the beginning is the best Ben Affleck's Batman ever has. Yeah. He's actually really good in this. Like this makes you want to see him be Batman again. Yeah. The problem, and I love they make his cowl and cape blue and his suit gray. So I like that, that was a much good more look, comic yeah. accurate. Yes. Everything about his suit worked except. This mold thing, they yeah, had going it looked, on for it, his looked cow. it looked like gummy. It, was, it looked, it didn't look it was solid. Like, it he, looked, it was like he looked like a Klingon, you know, like yeah, it was molded and like there was all these like knots and he uh, was wrinkles permanently scowling in between. Yeah, his it was, eyes. it was it, odd. It looked like he had like that Klingon ridge. Yeah, well, so you, you know what it was? Yeah. It was like it was an even stupider version, right? So you know, like the Adam yeah. West Batman, they painted on the eyebrows, yeah. right? right? It was like that yeah. to the nth degree. Where, where there were like three D mountains on his eyes. Yeah, like it just looked ridiculous. But you know where the worst CGI was? Where like it was that's what I was getting. To. Yeah, the like, part like, we did, you don't see in the trailer. Yeah, the unforgivable CGI in this movie was when they're in the they called it what do they call it the Chrome Bowl or the Chromium Bowl? Oh like, yeah, I love how you just said. Oh yeah, like, we were in the Chrono Bowl, and I'm like, the Chrono well, when Bowl, did that? Yeah. Like we did, yeah. yeah. It's like this stadium looking yeah. thing. And it's where you see, right, like for those of you that have seen the movie already, it's where you see the different moments of history and different timelines all kind of In a stadium form. But it's all fully CGI'd. But Which like, is such an odd choice. Right, but they're CGI'ing just like like Moments people. you already saw in the movie. Yeah. But I mean like the people though, like the scenes yeah. where they had like his parents and him, right. they're fully CGI'd. But it's like, it looks like... PlayStation 3 graphics right. from, like, like, 2007. Uncanny Valley, Polar right. Express but type th- thing. And these are scenes, like you just said, yeah. that were filmed. Like, you know, like other sh- other shows and movies, because now we've seen the multiverse have become such a big thing. In fact, I just watched a trailer today. The Babylon 5, of all things, has a multiverse movie coming out. So every every property now has multiverse everything. Yeah. Um, but normally you like would just see like some sort of portal to another universe and then like you know they, they, they exactly it. it's so bad and it's- as awesome as it was to see christopher reeve and helen slater return well as batman yeah. i'm sorry as superman and supergirl from from well, the cell kind wait movies. hang on you're totally like jumping the shark we got to lead up to right. where we got well, to what that i'm saying point. is <laughs> that cgi was terrible oh yeah no yeah, it's like, awful like you can tell that i couldn't tell I knew that they were getting to Christopher Reeve, Helen Slater, because you saw George Reeves, right? And his was kind of okay, but but it still looked kind of cartoony. George yeah. Reeves in the fifties TV show. Then you saw Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater from the eighties movies, and they looked terrible. And then you saw Nick Cage from what would have been the um, the Tim Burton Superman movie, him fighting a spider, which was awesome. But like. And, and they do this thing where they hide his face at first, but then you see it, and like that's better CGI than Christopher Reeve, but not that but good. But here's the thing, though. They have so much footage of real Christopher Reeve and uh, – what's her George name? George Reeve. Helen Slater. Helen Slater. It's George Reeves yeah. and yeah. Christopher Reeve. I'm saying they had so much real footage that yeah. they couldn't – find any like it just seems like so much extra work well bro even like even across the spider-verse which is going to be the next episode we do even they which was a fully animated movie when they gave you the easter eggs of uh toby mcguire's uncle it was just a live action it was just that that scene from that movie right and like that worked perfectly like you said there's so much footage out there of George Reeves as Superman, so much footage as, as Christopher Reeves and Helen Slater. Like, there's, That footage yeah. exists. Exactly. Just put it in the fucking movie. The only thing that should have been CGI'd was Nick Cage, because that never actually happened. Right, and that's and even going back to the Chrono Bowl, like, 
everything was CG, but like it's like Barry, call nine one one. We saw that in the movie earlier right. in live action. Why spend all the extra work to then make that CG or like every you see, you know, Supergirl getting killed each time. Right. We had just seen it not even five minutes before in the in the real world, and now we just keep seeing it CGI over and over again. Again, it's just so much more work. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't. It just, it don't just boggles it. my mind how this movie took so long to make all the shit that it had to go through to get to this point. All the Ezra Miller, you know, real life Ezra Miller shit, right? right. And like. At some point, I feel like somebody had to like like if I was a Warner Brothers executive, I'd have been like at some point, okay, let's just it's already been seven years, let's just give it a few more months to get the CGI correct because there's no way that people are looking at this and thinking that it looks good. Like it right. just it just can't Th that be. that's that's the weird part. Like we all see it, and it's like no one at WB was like, Ugh. yeah, because well, it movie, wasn't even yeah. like there was like a few scenes where the CGI got rough. Like it was consistently bad. And maybe that's why nobody sees it because it's so consistently bad. Your eyes just get numb <laughs> to it. Like, I don't know. Well, this movie for many reasons is a victim of Ezra Miller's shenanigans and the collapse of the DCEU. Yes. So I think for, so they didn't want to put the extra money and time into really making the CGI work, I think, because they kind of knew this movie would not be successful. And originally this movie, and you can tell narratively from some points at the end, this movie was supposed to reset the universe. Yep. But now this movie is just kind of like a random dead end for the universe. Yes. Yeah. So, so, what, so even though it has tons of cameos for the rest of the Justice League, which are actually pretty good... It's not this reset you thought it would. So they kind of knew this, that the uh, attention and the excitement for what's going to happen in the DC universe going forward is not involving this movie. They know they can't bring him back to be the Flash. You're going to see a different Flash. So like they just didn't want to expend anything. And then I also think that, that narratively, when we get into like actually the story at the end, like the ending, the ending of this movie was the best. The last shot was the best scene of the movie. Yeah. By far. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been even better, I think, if they would have done the the reset. But at least they they kind of pivoted and did a good yeah, job. Yeah. So let's so let's talk about from the from the beginning, right? Because this movie opens with your obligatory comic book action scene, right? Which um, I no, was. No, it begins with him him annoying annoyingly ordering a sandwich, and you're but it's part of a it's part of a larger you're introducing, scene. Introducing your oh yeah, and you made him the most annoying unbearable. Person. I wanted to leave immediately. He was yes. Just, I was this. I was. I was so glad so, you said that. He was. You introduce him, and he's so bad. He's you. He's supposed to be your main character. You haven't seen much of him in the other movies, and he has this whole scene with him ordering a sandwich, and everything about him. It's like they're trying to do this like Awkward. Big Bang Theory. Maybe he's. I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna some say weird it. Version of autism. It's, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, I was about to say. It. I was like, like they, they're really. trying to make. They're trying to make it that without saying it's like, that. But, yeah, but it's also. It's, it's like. It's like. It's like a comic version of. They're autism. trying. They're it's, trying. It's like it's weird. It's like they're a trying, version of it. They're trying to do. They've been doing this since day one of Ezra Miller as the Flash, and it has never worked. And they keep on trying to do it. He. They're trying to marvel him. He. They're trying to make him the comic relief because every other DC character and every other DC property, you know, before Shazam was just this dark, broody, fucking annoying, you know, I want to kill myself, emo bitch mess. <laughs> so like Ezra Miller, they're like, hey, here's this quirky looking, you know, idiot. Like, let's make him the comic relief. And Ezra Miller is not a good actor to begin with. He's certainly not a good comedic actor. So that was like, this is the way like, I, I was not, what I'm, what I'm getting at is I was not surprised to see him act that way or be portrayed that way because this is the way he's always been in the DCU and he's always been insufferable. And again, I'm all for doing different interpretations of the characters, but in no universe where Barry Allen exists in the comic books, in the uh, animated properties, no universe does he even act remotely like the Barry, the Barry Allen of this right. universe. Also, does. if you want him to be funny, it's again go watch the TV show because yeah, he because yeah. oh Grant Gustin is actually a good actor. But they they play that line of him being kind of like this goofy, nerdy, somewhat comic relief, and it works. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? more Peter Parker than autistic. Like yeah. it's just so bad. But just from like a narrative standpoint, like they it was start, such a weird way they to start off him. and they introduce his character because. 
with these big universal shows, like, and this is what Marvel, I think, continues to do very well, is that time after time, you watch a new movie or TV show in Marvel, and it's accessible to people who haven't seen everything or right. haven't seen people before. Like, that opening sequence of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like, yes, you appreciate that movie so much more if you've seen the other five movies that Guardians have been in. But you could jump in, it, and but you get immediately it, you learn who well, who the characters are. There's, it's a great thing because you you can tell right off the bat that you know um, that Peter's going through something that 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 um, Nebula is like reluctantly a part of this group. All the little things. Yeah. For this, there were so many things working in this opening sequence, but the worst part was the Flash because I know we're gonna get into it. Ben Affleck, Batman, <laughs> great. Um, Alfred, great. Wonder Woman coming in at the end, great. Yep. The chase sequence of Batman and the bike, great. Oh, amazing. But I feel like they took the hot dog scene, which is infamous as being one of the worst scenes, I think, in any superhero and made movie. And a plot ever. point in this movie. Wait, and, what, and, hot and dog scene? The, from the, from the, fa- the world famous uh, Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, see, did I you ever watch saw... the Snyder cut? No, I did not. So, within, so to give you some context. I apologize within... to the Snyder cut. Yeah. Um, I shit on the Snyder cut and Batman and Superman for years. And. I apologize. This movie is worth. Uh, I disagree with that, but um, <laughs> the because the and, I, and I'll tell you why I disagree with it, though. But so in the Snyder cut, there's this whole scene where the Flash is saving some people in the street, kind of spontaneously. Uh, but he's in regular Barry Allen clothing, and one of the things that happens is like a hot dog, hot dog truck or a cart gets like blown up, and there's this ridiculously slow motion scene where he's saving Iris. Uh, we- uh, Iris uh, Iris West, who we don't know at the time is Iris West, unless right. you know, it's like it was an Easter egg. It was Iris West, and there's like he's like touching the hot dogs, and it's like just a fucking ridiculous scene. Oh. And that's why when she came back, that's why like it was that she had that line where he, where he she goes, I feel like I've seen you somewhere before. And he's like, oh yeah, maybe a few years ago because he was the girl that she oh, that okay. he saved uh, okay. from the, the hot dog thing. But now a good you- now a good film would have flashback to like him saving her. Yeah, but in, in the DC, they try to tell you it's that. It's not a good film. Yeah. So so here's why, though, I will say just very quickly why the Snyder Cut is still worse than this movie. Because as bad as this movie was for all the reasons that we've stated, the one thing this movie actually does not really have, like, egregiously is plot holes. Like, the plot... Uh, uh, I, I want somebody it to doesn't, explain though. to me the rules of Flash's powers... No. And the baby, and the line about the microwave, and the microwave. See, Explain see, all that to me. I don't think me. the see, see to me though the babies, the babies was not a plot hole. It's just bad storytelling. It's like it's just stupid. Like a plot, well, no, a plot hole, a plot hole to me. I define as a plot hole to me. I define as like an element of the story connected to another element of the story that like just simply does not or cannot make sense. Very, very much like in Batman versus Superman, where like there's no reason for Batman to want to viciously murder Superman. Like it's not explained in the movie. That to me is a plot hole. Like it's just like well, for the- me, a plot hole. I mean, I don't know if a plot hole is just something that doesn't make sense is uh, was one of my notes. Like it didn't make sense that in the past timeline in the 2013 timeline, they made a big point of then him getting his powers, right? The the current Barry, and like you know, Kara brings him up. The lightning gets shocked twice. He had to get his powers back. I didn't get the whole reason for it because then it's like then he gets back to the present and then he gets his powers obviously in the the new timeline again. And it just it just got it just didn't make sense. And the whole point of him saving his dad was literally. The whole point where he fucked up in the whole movie. He went back and did something he shouldn't have. And then he saved his dad. And now it's like, oh, but he saved his dad. Everything's fine now. The whole world doesn't go to shit. But he saves his mom. And now Superman doesn't exist. So in their defense, I will say the saving his dad, um, it's still... It's actually okay. It's actually okay. I Because... I, if, if, if they're talking about like causality, it's almost like like ripples. You know, like if you throw a bigger rock, there's more ripples, smaller rock. So most of his life and the world was the same because the idea is um, his dad still served time in prison. His mom still died, right? Because he didn't save his mom. He saved his dad. Mm-hmm. So there were less changes to the timeline. He's pretty much the same person. Yeah. Everything in his life was pretty oh, much the oh, same. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's actually... Because the change... Cause the, cause, because the, the result of his tomato can change 
didn't manifest itself in the timeline until after he got back. Right. But we also, and this is a spoiler for the end of the movie, but you're already spoiled now and don't spend your money watching it. Um, The amazing scene at the end where Bruce Wayne pulls up and it's George Clooney, that is a change. Right. And I think um, if this universe would have been reset, we would have seen more of those. Because I guarantee you at the end of the movie, after uh, Barry Allen walks out of the courthouse, he calls calls Bruce Wayne and then Bruce Wayne pulls up. I guarantee you, they shot that scene with Michael Keaton. Yeah. So the so the so the new DCEU, which would have been followed by Batgirl, would have had Michael Keaton as the Batman. Now, just like how the Flashpoint comics reset the whole comics with slight changes, yeah. but still the same. So so like that part makes sense. What I don't, what to me doesn't make sense, and maybe you can help explain this to me, Matt. Since said there were plot holes, how can he just understand time travel so innately? Because in the comics, oh, yes. you have the treadmill. Right, like in the comics, as as crazy sci-fi as it is, right, you're combining his powers with a treadmill, which is basically a time machine. Right. So like he's powering a machine. So like the machine can do the calculations. Yeah, yeah. Can all that. So Why? this is. So that part didn't make sense to me. So this is um the so so first of all just real quick the will they explained the when Michael Keaton is explaining the spaghetti strand oh, pieces oh, right yeah, so yeah, like yeah. so like his mother dying that's has one of those happen, yeah. points right that has to happen but anything else right you know so but the for for me i actually think this is one of the more uh i can't believe i'm actually saying this it's one of the smarter things that that dc has done in terms of the continuity across their ridiculously awful movies um so they actually mentioned in this movie the speed force right yes um which we all know from the comics, right, too, is a lot of where the, the time travel stuff kind of intersects and, and get initially you're traveling through the Speed Force, right, tapping into the Speed Force, blah, 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 like, you know, where, where Barry was, you know, post-crisis, all that stuff. Uh, if you think back to the first time you see Barry Allen in Batman versus Superman, when you're not even really sure that it's Barry Allen, when he's breaking through, right, right, in that ridiculous scene where he looks all messed out. To me, that he, he might have been right. He might have given been, right? his yes. uh, his history. Yes. There were some children in the background. As an actor, you, you couldn't <laughs> see right. So, so to me, the way he the way he touches on it there. Um, I'm sorry. The, the way you see him there, the way he explains it, and seems to innately know it there, and the way that the other Barry. Um, just like clicked into it right away and eventually becomes that evil older time traveling Barry. The way that I understand that, my explanation for that would be is that by tapping into the speed force, by just way of being the Flash and having these abilities kind of innate in you, you just sort of have that natural understanding of time travel because it's sort of hardwired into you from the speed force. I think you see that all the way back from the beginning when like the Flash has always been synonymous with time travel in this DCEU Thing. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't really – it's not so much that he has to learn about it. It's just essentially an extension of himself now because by being tapped into the Speed Force, he's also essentially kind of tapped into this concept of time travel in the multiverse. And one good part of storytelling that I actually very much enjoyed is that um, the first hint that his universe is off is that Eric Stoltz is – That was great. Which is such a great – because it is Back to the Future, the whole thing. Because Eric Stoltz, uh, if you don't know this, famously <laughs> filmed uh, several weeks of yep. Back to the Future as Marty McFly. He yep. was replaced by Michael J. Fox, who was the original choice, but couldn't do it because of his sitcom commitments. But instead, he just didn't sleep for those those months. And, and that's so, so that's how Michael J. Fox replaced him. And <laughs> you, can see, you can see clips and, and photos online of Eric Stoltz as in Back to the Future. And – What's great is my first thought, and I said this out loud in the theater, was, okay, but he didn't go back to 1984. Right. Because that's when they shot the movie. Right. So I was like, so how on earth did um, did he change something before he went back? And that spaghetti scene and the way – I don't know how the fuck Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne knew this. But, uh, but you know, he's Batman. It's fine. He, he's, he's Batman. Batman. Yeah, he's but, Batman. But um, the way he showed it with the spaghetti, both the dry and the wet spaghetti, was actually – that was great narrative. Like, yes. everything about that, like – that explains so much, and I love that. Yeah. So I do want to give them props because they specifically created different rules. Ba- uh, rules, because basically everything we know is follows Back to the Future rules. Yes, like you know, Endgame yeah. went a little bit different with it, but still was a variant of Back to the Future. Right, and everything be- is Back to the Future rules, and they had their own rules, which I love. Yes. And they reference Back to the Future while they're like creating their own rules. It was great. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because 
anytime you do a time travel thing, it goes, okay, what are the rules in this one? Um, but it was interesting. Yeah, it was. it's kind of their own rules of like, listen, just be, you changed it, so then everything changes. It doesn't matter what it was before, or after, or in the future, or otherwise. And um, I don't know I like if I've ever heard that before. Right, no, me neither. Time travel rule. No, I've never heard I that. I mean, there might be books. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there might be something, because... So yeah, this no, wasn't movie. the most original movie. Yeah. So I would actually enjoy this movie more if they originally... Because it's also not the way the rules work in the DCU. No, yeah, exactly. Because movie time travel has always worked in either one of two ways. It's either been yeah. the multiverse theory where the, the, the time strands, which, which Michael Keaton makes mention of, or like the very much back to the future rules where it's point in time type stuff where nothing from beyond the time travel point, I'm sorry, from before right, the time travel touched. point gets impacted. So I actually really liked this version, this explanation of it because it gave them a little bit more um, creative freedom with right, how they were Right, because then you can the just story. sit there and say, oh, now it's a completely different timeline, past, present, future, and then you can play with that a little bit more, which kind of made me think that if this is the way that it, the film was supposed to be and like it was going to reset things. I'm like, oh, so now we can just sit there and say time travel and now have a completely new timeline with a completely new mythos. Right. And like you can get into like, you know, what is it? The Batman who laughs where it's like, oh, he goes back in time and changes. Oh, but now this is the one where his mom is Harley Quinn and Thomas Wayne is Batman because Bruce is the one that died. You can sit there and be like, oh, that's what happened in this timeline yeah. too. You know what I mean? You can do all that stuff. Yeah. Now my question is, what's your headcanon? in terms of what is the background of this Batman. So the Michael Keaton one that you meet, right? So this is what I so, want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So so they do a great job. Um, his his Bruce, uh, the Wayne Manor, looks just like the one from the movies. Right. Yes. His car is the same. Yes. Now his plane is new. You can explain that away very easily. Because it got destroyed because in Batman it got destroyed 89. Because destroyed the first yeah. Batman. Of the laughing packet that he finds, right, has the same ha 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 yeah. ha. So I very distinctive audio, and and the bat cave pretty much looks the same but different. But then again, it's been thirty years. Yeah. So my head cannon. So I want to know what your head cannon is. Did the first two, did did the events of Batman and Batman Returns happen in this this Batman's life, or is he just like a different? Because as we know from the ending, even though George Clooney is Batman, I find it hard to believe that he exists yeah, in a world no. where Batman and Robin happened. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's pretty definitively mm -hmm. Batman and Batman returns because the um you know, I thought they were they were leaving it a little ambiguous at first by only showing you set pieces, right? But once you got the for me, once you got the laughing Yeah, the you're laughing basically acknowledging bag, that, yeah, that that that's acknowledging that. But all yeah. but I but I also furthermore well, think the armor too, room. The armor room where yeah. he first met Alexander Knox and Vicky Vale in the first right. one. Yeah, the armor that room was, that armor room was almost identical. No, that, that's what I'm saying. The armor room, the, the long table that yeah. he had dinner at with Vicky, like all, all of that set stuff was identical. Um right. and it was very noticeable, right? And then yeah, the Batwing obviously that was destroyed in the first movie, so no big deal. But it was still um, a similar design. Yeah, similar so, design. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so it worked. But but for me I think it was just very much the the first two movies. And I think that I, it's even more so that because they make it very clear too that in that in that really annoying scene with Barry's other Barry's ridiculous roommates, but I just wanted to pull my fucking hair out oh, that, that I don't even a, have. Yeah. They made it very clear that there's like really no such thing as, as superheroes in this world at all. Which you know when you think about the first two Batman movies, the Tim Burton Batman movies, it's you know they're not part of any really larger universe. So it's right. very easy to make the connection that this really has in fact been that original Tim Burton universe. Yeah, because yeah. the only the only references to the broader DC universe in that series comes because I just watched all four comes in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin you know Batman Forever mentions Metropolis and Batman and Robin says uh, Bruce says this is why Superman works alone but you have <laughs> no Superman references or any greater DC references in the two Tim Burton movies yeah, yeah exactly um no, I was going to say, um, I was looking at my notes. What do you think the whole, because what I, as I was watching this movie, I found that there was just like a lot of choices made that I was like, oh, wait, that's the choice. And then there was like no payoff and I had no clue why. Like for, so my example is the tooth. They made it a big oh, point. God. Like the lightning comes, it knocks his tooth out. Then he's trying to super glue it back in and then it falls out at the end. And I, I'm, I still sit here. I'm like, I don't. Like, again, if well, the choice was made, but I don't understand what they were trying to get. So I have an answer for that. And I think it's it it's it's not 
the the choice wasn't so much little things like that and also like the ridiculous saving the babies falling from the thing and putting Which the we haven't really probably talked about we're, 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 how that we is the worst yeah, we thing get, we're, ever we'll get into that in a little bit but the the for me i think it's a very it's a problem that almost every dc movie has has had in one way or another and it's that they don't know what the fuck they want to do tonally. Because if you look at this that, movie... That was really my next right. note, was the tone, the tone was all over the fucking shifts place. Shifts drastically. And, 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 that, and that comes through in scenes like you just said. Because the first, the first act of the movie is like Hot comedy. Yes. But like, but like they're trying to be comedy, but it's yeah, bad comedy. Like it's straight not working, comedy. Right? Like over yeah, and the, the, top, second, yeah. the second act of the movie is very much like straight superhero comic book movie. It's very actiony. It's like, hey, here's Michael Keaton coming in and kicking ass and he's like yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm Batman, right? And those big action scenes, like that was great. And then like the third act was like a lot more serious. Like there's a lot of blood, people getting stabbed and body parts chopped off, like a lot. Right, but also know, very like, like emotional. But like, very emotional, it, yeah. And well man. played. Yeah. But none of it right. Yeah. Like the third act is definitely the best. But the yeah. thing is, like to your point, None of it is consistent. It goes, it's it's peaks and valleys, and it's okay to have slight tonal shifts in movies like this. Right. But this is this but is when schizophrenic. It's zero to a hundred. Yeah. Because even the scene, like the last scene with his mom when they're in the, you know, she's like, I know I'm just a stranger, and she's like giving it. Like I, I, I almost was like, wow. I feel like if the movie was better. I would have felt something, yep. but yeah. I really just didn't give a shit. Yep. And I was just like, wow, this would this probably was his best acting in the movie up to that point. It was. It was the only yeah. time he was a good actor. Yes. And I was just like, but I was like, I just felt like all the air and all the tension and the emotion in that scene was completely deflated because of what we had seen two hours prior. Yep. Yeah. Now, I don't want to open a can of worms because I don't want to go through this movie again, but we do live in a world where there's the air cut, you know, QAnon people out there. <laughs> and, and there. And of course, there's the, there's the Snyder, the Snyder Cut, cut yeah. people. And this movie does have a lot of the Snyder Cut problems Pipes. to it. I like, there's no there's no doubt when you watch Joss Whedon's version of Justice League that it's segmented and that like you can almost pick up, you know, like this part is was original, this part's reshoot. That's, and I feel that's like, how I felt about the first and, and Suicide I, yeah, Squad, too. Yeah. That got sliced to smithereens, too. And I think too, this movie did, too. I mean, like... Because I don't want to really, um, I don't really want to blame the director in this. I don't want to blame the cast too much in this. Like other than Ezra Miller, who I, I just, I just don't think he made a lot of good choices. And I, and I think be, you know both in life and when acting. Uh, but there's a lot of it that like really works. That like, and I don't know how much of like the studio getting involved because we're seeing like Warner Brothers get involved in ruining things. I yeah. think it's a good example because the Batman on the bike chase sequence fucking awesome yeah the michael keaton everything about his character was great though uh, i mean like there's a lot of this that is so, awesome i so, but it just but it just contrasts with all these other scenes that it's almost like there's a cut in there somewhere where it makes more sense maybe or no. or maybe the original script no. then got like cut up a bit nope 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 i 100 blame the director because if you if you ignore so let's so let's so let's ignore use the the baby scene for example, right? Let's just say let's just say for example that that was a a more a less insane superhero saving somebody scene, and it's just a couple of people falling from the tower, right? right? And he has to go through the flash rigmarole to do it, right? Picture that kind of scene, right? Um, and then you know picture uh, like just a way less annoying Barry Allen from the other universe, right? If you think just narratively speaking the story i think is actually a very good story it's you know he goes back in time to try to save his mother he fucks shit up he has to meet his other his other self his other self gets powers mm. goes a little bit crazy and trying to save their world becomes that evil version kind of fucks oh, yeah. the multiverse the, the story stuff, on right? paper is actually so the story good. on paper yeah. is good so to me i think there's a good script here so to me i blame the director because to me it's like a director's choice to say to Ezra Miller, listen, I need this version of Barry Allen to be the most insufferable cocksucking oh, that piece was, of shit that was my in next the entire note. world. And that was right? the other like, note I had. I'm like, why did they make the quote-unquote 18-year-old version, a.k.a. the long, why did they make him such a fucking idiot? Exactly. Well, I don't 
He's Get a spoiled it. baby. That's well, what it yeah, was. He's, so, he's coddled. And they kind of mentioned that. Like, for instance, you know, like, this version is just going to school. Whereas the other version had to intern and go to school. Yeah. Like, they, like they did kind of mention that. Well, that's and like, fine, but they also, made him dumb as fuck. He, they did. Really dumb. And, you know, I mean, there is something to be said that, like, early trauma would, like, make you be different. Well, that's you what know, I'm saying. Like, like yeah. he's, he's a completely he's different... He's a kid. I mean, think of yourself at 18. Like, like, yeah. like, like the new... Like, the new the original Barry Allen had to grow up quicker than the new version they created, and like, yeah. you just kind of see that, like he doesn't do his own laundry, all that type of stuff. You know, well, so yeah, that was, I mean, that was fine. You know? I didn't mind like them being like a little bit of a mama's boy, but just like just the stuff over the top. Like he thought that Bruce Wayne, this was the cousins' dinner. Yeah, that he's line, like, I thought this was the cousins' was... dinner. I was like, why is he so fucking stupid? Yeah. And that that it was just that part that I was just like, not that part, but like. A lot of the things in, like, he's like, all right, listen, you have powers. Like, I've had them for a while. Like, let's take it slow. And then he's, like, jumping on the bed at super speed. And I'm like, why is he acting like a six-year-old? He's, yeah. like, you know see, what I mean? And those, and those, see, those to me, that's why, to get back to what I was saying, that that to me, I, I blame, I think that that's, those are mostly director type right. oh, because he's like oh I, w- I want the two thousand the younger Barry to be like this fucking like, right. like, like he hothead wa- fucking he weirdo he really wanted to yeah. show the divide between a Barry that grew up with the mother and a Barry that didn't grow up with the mother because if you notice right like as soon as he gets to um, like as soon as he realizes uh, the pr- like like Earth One Barry let's call him right as soon as he realizes the gravity of what he's done he instantly reverts to that much more brooding that character that we're familiar we're familiar with yeah. in the dc universe and this other but that, but that but see that was weird for me because he went from this like again the ordering the sandwich and being all like oh my god the girl's not here and then it, all of a sudden when he goes back in time he turns into all right well, now we're gonna be super serious right. and we're gonna do that and like like his complete personality Changed, yep. and not that I, I, I didn't like him being goofy, but it just again that's the tone. Like we're like if you're if you're a goofy person, just based on personality, even when it's weird, your personality won't change a right. hundred. He literally was a completely different. Like character. look at Spider Man No Way Home. Like Spider Man No Way Home did that perfectly. Like the fate of the universe is at stake here, and they realize the stakes. But they're still at the end of the day. They're still it's Peter a it's still consistent like, character yes. choices and like he you know what I mean. I felt like the Barry met in the the like the first ten minutes of the movie, and then the Barry that when he meets his other self is two completely different people. Yep. Like and it's really supposed to be the same person. And I just didn't. Yeah, and like you said, is, maybe is that rough. is the director. It so it seems like all three of us then are in agreement that there was talk that the director of this movie might end up directing the Batman movie in the new James Gunn universe. And I can tell you... Oh, Andy Muschietti? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so there, there, is, there is talk that the only reason that hasn't been announced yet is because of the writer's strike. Like, they, they, yeah. they don't want to... Probably waiting to see how this movie does. But, I mean, there's talk that he's... But but here here's also... This actually is another point that I want to get into, is we heard from all these people, James Gunn, Kevin Smith... Yeah. How great this movie was! Wait, Kevin Smith thought this movie yeah. was good. Yeah. Oh, you got like a screener or something. Yeah. And so, and, how much money did he get paid? Now, now, now James <laughs> but, Gunn is a James Gunn is a company man. Right. So he's he has to say. But this does make me take James Gunn differently. I I still think James Gunn is a right. great director. I I I respect his opinion, and I think he's amazing in many 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 ways. But the fact that he came out and said that this was really good. Makes me now question. Okay, it's like he, a politician. He he drank the corporate Kool Aid a little. Well, bit. Well, not even corporate Kool Aid. It's just like it's like all these people who like have to, you know, like they don't like their party's nominee for president, but like they have to because like it's the only, That's only choice. Yeah. Or like they're kind of like they yeah. they know that it's going to help them going forward. You know, like that type of deal. That's very much what he's doing now. Because yeah. I can't see somebody like him who would have hit a lot of these points out of the ballpark like like they were trying to do a Guardians of the Galaxy final scene they were trying to do that Yondu Mary Poppins scene at the end uh, with him and his mom like that like you know like that scene at the end that yes. like really pulls at your heartstrings. they were trying to go James Gunn with it and they completely failed so of all people he would have known they didn't stick the landing yeah it was uh, yeah it was it was just like I said going back to like that baby scene like why was that scene 
so long. <laughs> it was so, so long. absurd. I dude, was losing they it looked, in the theater. I, you the, guys were sitting next to me. I was... I, I, I was, was cringing. Dude, it was Cabbage Patch Kids falling from... It looked like what? Cabbage Patch Kids. I was, and like, so here's... And, and I'm sorry. Why did the microwave thing? Why did the microwave thing? Why did you put thing? one on a microwave? Okay, yes. But here, here okay. So, so they established these rules, and I, we need to go through this because this is so absurd. I hate I hate pinpointing little things, but... So they talk about... Okay, no, so later on in the movie, oh, yeah. later on in the movie, non-powered Barry pukes when he's moved fast. Right. And it's actually something you've seen before. That yes. Like people they, move fast... In fact, you know, Quicksilver does it. You know, yeah, that's why he holds a head. Yeah, yes. blah blah blah. Now, so they established that like you can move things a little bit, which you've seen him do in other movies. This is a good part of continuity. Like there's this thing when he moves the sword, he points the sword in Justice League. All this little stuff, great. That it's better if you move stuff a little bit, but if you move things a lot, you can injure them. So the idea is, the reason he can't just scoop up all the babies and run down the side is that he would murder them by accident by destroying their bodies because of the force yeah i get that the speed force is a tremendous amount of force and the suit and your powers not to mention they are the babies would have already been dead when they crashed through the plate glass window that whole sequence is terrible but But, go on but but here's here's what's really (laughs) bad is so he's slowly moving them right but he's not really slowing them down like i i don't want to watch it again but i kind of want to because it's because it's so bad because event, because like they are still falling from at least a dozen stories or not easily. Not I mean, it looked like a tall building. We're, we're talking minimum twelve. 20, probably uh, it looked like twenty stories. But whatever like, it is, yeah. that amount of fall. Like as soon as they start falling, they're dead. So everything about him saving the babies didn't make sense. And like it was supposed to be silly. And like you saw him eat. And I, I wonder when they added in this whole like calorie thing because it has no payoff. It has. Right. No payoff, I thought yeah. there would be a payoff, right? Because. Again, a choice that was made, right. and you're like, "Oh, maybe this eating thing's gonna." And it was just like, "No, right?" Just like, like you thought it was like Schrodinger's gun, and it was like Schrodinger's. Right. But yeah, because there was, there was no way they even was, did yeah. it when like the the you know the long hair Barry and he like every time they made a big point that close up shot and eat like a fucking maniac, right? And then there was like, "Oh, what does it mean?" It's like, "No, he's just hungry." Also, yeah. they like, didn't. <laughs> I also didn't like that he was already running late. This is nitpicking, but it's important that he was already running late. Before he even got saved to the, the world, yeah, right, right. Like it would have been better if he was on time for breakfast because he said he was already late for because he was three minutes late for work already. Right. right? Then he just All then lives. he just saved the world for twenty five minutes. Yeah, goes back to get the sandwich. And that so just timeline go- also didn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it yeah. didn't. Well, so so my the other thing too that we need to like address. You want so this is you want to talk about plot hole. This is a plot hole because this just simply could not happen with the rules that they established in the universe. So as he's saving the babies, right? He puts one in the microwave, right? And then <laughs> again, no, no. While reason. he's eating, right? As he's saving the babies, he also pulls something else, like a, a hot here. pocket, yes. out of the microwave. Now. That's now, un, unless, unless that hot pocket was already in the microwave when it got tossed out the window. Which I think it was. And just happened to be ready in the roughly three seconds it takes to fall from those buildings. That scene doesn't make sense because that would then imply that he microwaved the burrito. And even though he could put the burrito in and punch in the combination at super speed, the microwave timer does not microwave at super speed. So there's no way he could have yeah, microwaved a burrito. But you get what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah. And then it dings at yeah, the end. You get, but you it get dings I'm, with the baby. Yes, it's so you microwave right? like, the There's baby. no way. Like, that doesn't make sense. There's no way well, he could have microwaved yeah. that burrito. So that burrito— the way- the way, so I'm yeah. supposed to believe that somebody put a burrito in the maternity ward, and then well, right, it could right, have been like, from a different floor. There was all types. Well, of stuff. Uh, that was the and other like thing. Like the service dog was in the but, maternity right. ward. Oh, so you're so you're gonna nitpick he was late for work, no. but I can't <laughs> yeah. nitpick the timing. No, but also that the, the whole it was it's, and it's the morning. Who's making the breakfast burrito? They established it's a breakfast it, it, burrito. That was not a breakfast. But also, 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 hospitals they work on weird hours, shift. Maybe that's all I'm gonna say as as. Someone who works in a hospital, you're telling me the whole front of the hospital came off. You're telling me the only people that fell out of the window from the front of the hospital was babies. There was no other people in the rest of the hospital. That they were showing with that terrible sequence where, like, for some reason, inexplicably, that one door 
was and broken. The one Remember, like, yeah. like, like, so even before, like, they even um, the building starts to collapse, right? Like, you have this weird shot of the nurse on the other side of the door banging, right? Yeah. And then all and of a sudden, the, the door is just locked, and like her obligatory yeah. screaming, like th- there was like, like it was like Power Rangers acting, like in some it of these really scenes, bad. like it was really bad. Like yeah. I just, I mean, Ezra Miller is it. Ezra Miller is such a bad actor. It, so yeah. not good. I still just don't. Like, yeah, the whole BBC. I don't, again. I hate another it. it choice so bad. Like, what was, and then, like, I look at it, try to look up objectively. It's like, okay, what were they trying to convey to me as the audience member? Of like, oh, we're going to put this scene in because we want the audience to feel this or to understand this. And I still don't so get it. Was, so it was meant to display his powers. That was like the 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 reason for that scene because it was kind of showing you like that flash time, like they do so well in the CW. Yeah, but then shows, like right? they had the one baby but, and the scapels are coming at them, and yeah. why you had the, had the therapy dog. Like that's why that's why I was saying if if you just if you just picture that scene where it's where it's kind of like so do you do you remember the scene in it's not that great movie remember the scene in Spider Man three. The crane scene yeah. when it's slow, it's kind of slow motion. It shows him jumping from debris, pieces of debris to it's debris. When he right? saves when he Gwen Stacy, yeah. exactly. It was kind of meant to be like that scene to like demonstrate his abilities. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just there's a dozen falling Cabbage Patch kids from this thing. If it's just if they just make it a handful of normal adults that are caught in an unfortunate situation feel, yeah, really rather than a bunch of crying babies and a therapy dog, it becomes a much more serious scene and display of his power as opposed to this just ridiculously bad, like, I don't even know what to call it. It's not a comedy routine. It's like, it's yeah. Just, but here's the problem with that scene is that like so often when they, sh- when they have a scene where they show somebody's powers and then they pay off later because it's almost like you're setting up the rules or more importantly, right. the limitations of the character. Right. I thought there was going to be some sort of caloric limitation to him later on in the movie. That's what they and were the, And there was none. Right. Right. Well, like, like, yeah. like you said, me, we're talking about different cuts of the movie. Maybe like, there is. Yeah. That, that, apparently that was going to be a something. And it then it just, like it. it just got abandoned. Right. And it was a little bit silly because it was, almost, it was almost like he was Mario eating something where like he immediately was metabolizing the energy. And like, you know, like, they, they've never gotten too far into this, but like this whole thing, you know, like they mentioned this in the Marvel universe and they've mentioned this in DC universe. Like um, in the first Captain America movie, Captain America can't get drunk. Yep. Right. And that's why he and Thor in age of Ultron are, are drinking like super Asgardian whiskey. Right. right? Like it's because, right. you know, like, it, you know, you need to have something with such a high alcoholic content because, you know, your super powered metabolism works fast. But it was weird that like he immediately started eating some like snacks. And like he was like, boop, boop, boop. like it literally yep. seemed like it was like Seconds. a video game. So now like, here's, so here's thing. the last thing I want to say about this, and it's a question. Don't see it. Well, yes, yeah. it's a canon question. Yes. Oh. So, is it possible that so they they make you really think that this Barry and the 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 Batfleck and the Gal Gadot and everything that we see at the beginning of the movie, at least are the ones we've seen in previous DCEU movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, you will notice that the Flash in this movie, when we first see him in that first opening scene, and, and actually for the majority, right, his lightning is yellow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And every time we've seen him prior to that, his lightning has been blue. Awesome. And the Barry that gets yes. his powers in, let's just call him Earth 2, Barry, his lightning was also blue, which, which was yes. smart to have that yeah. contrast. But to me, it's very noticeable that the, again, let's call him Earth-1 Barry, his lightning is all of a sudden yellow, and it was blue in the last, what, four times we've yeah. seen him. So is this even the Barry? Is this even what we would, I guess, call DCU Prime? I don't know. Like the, like is, or is the Are we already in a different uh, mm. Earth? In the beginning of this movie, uh, I, see what you mean. I, I love that, and we might be also. Why is there not a barrier ready in this world? In which world? The world that he just came to. The oh yes, no, good point. That's Wait, the, the George Clooney one? Yeah. Yes, good point. See that? See that? That is that. By the way, is, this is the, the new world is Earth George Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> officially, right in my lexicon. <laughs> So, so that now so, is it because yeah, he no went idea. back? Is, is is this is this is this getting back to some sort of Back to the Future rule, where like 
where like his version went back in time and then comes back. Well, so, I think like, it. I think it implies just like because like, there is two Martys for a split second at right. the end of the original Back to the Future because mm-hmm. he sees himself drive away. I think to me it implies that he had um, by way of spending the amount of time that he's because you have to think about it too in the what do they call it again the Chrono Bowl Chrono Bowl right. Such a ridiculous name. Um, <laughs> you'd have to think about, right, the time moves a little bit differently, right? So even though from our perspective, he was, you know, like think like think of it kind of like the quantum realm, right? Um, like where Ant-Man is like, you know, it's like I, I was I was in there for, you know, five, you know, five minutes. But on the outside, it was, you know, it was eight years or five yeah. years or it was, right? So you figure time moves a little bit differently. So it's the, another reason why not having a machine really exactly. screws things up because like, he just he just conveniently gets put back in right. the same place and time because well because see see to me like when you look at his when you look at his um like determination after after the other Barrys die right in the Chrono Bowl um he seems to know exactly what he's doing and where he's going at that point um, which kind of also supports what I was saying before the idea that this time travel thing is kind of like innate to him so he knows where he's going in that point in time so that there's no other, you know, there's no other Barry there or there's no other, like he's going to that right universe. He's going back to where he came from essentially. Mm. But where he came from is now a little altered because of, you know, what, what he did. Cause he's no longer time traveling. He's now multiverse traveling. That's the only way you can explain it, which you you don't really the, get the, from the movie, which the is one of the reasons the movie sucks. So, That's just me. <laughs> the multiverse thing was so interesting. Cause like, a lot of it was fan service. Let's just call it what it was. Yeah. With the with the globes, and I'm like, it was such a random smattering of like, okay, we got Adam West, we got Christopher Reeve, and then we skipped a bunch, and we then we George got George Reeves, Ni- and we got uh, and we then got we got Nicholas Cage. But like, where was Brandon Routh? Where was the other? Where was Christian Bale? Like, it was like, wh- how did they pick and choose? Yeah. Which where was Ryan were- Reynolds? They <laughs> gave us Nick Cage. We couldn't get goddamn Ryan well, Reynolds. Nick Cage. Green Lantern. Nick Cage was the one for the fans. The other yeah. were, so they needed to pick ones that had broad audience connection. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like, so Adam West Batman, super iconic. Yep. George Reeves Superman, less so, but the black and white nature of it was fun. Right. And Christopher Reeve is Everyone still knows, yeah. the definitive Superman. The more fan service thing was also having Helen Slater. Right. But that was more just like a fun little connection because you already had a Supergirl. So it was oh, fun oh, yeah, we, did, we didn't really talk about her. They did her ass so dirty in this movie. She was great. I think she's a great uh, actress. Yeah. I loved her role. I loved everything they did. Like, And it's a shame because like, if the DCU would have continued, that would have been a great sequence. Just yeah. bring her that actress back. Playing and I, a version of Supergirl in this new world, that would have been great. And yeah. having Barry and her have a weird kind of relationship. And I really loved her her outfit because it felt it very it was very flashpointy. It made you there's something about her outfit, and there was something about I was that just blue. From yeah. The, yeah, and there was something about that whole scene, uh, that yeah. whole uh, like fight scene that just felt very like hopeless, very much like in Flashpoint. It was one of the few like bright no, spots. No, that's in the movie and I kind of liked me. that she was brooding the whole time. Yeah. Makes um, sense. But yeah, I She was I, tortured for 20 odd years. Right. Yeah. No, that but I kind of I liked that and then he like when she really cared about like where is Kal-El and he's like, "Oh, I fucking killed him." Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, oh, like there was, because I was like, oh, wait, stakes. Yeah. Like, Drama was just what we yeah. wanted the whole time. Also, I like that she lost to Zod because one thing that they could have played up more in Men of Steel, but it's an important part of Men of Steel is that the reason Superman beats Zod and everybody else is that he has the home court advantage. Is it like, right. like they play up the fact that he can actually breathe both atmospheres. Right. Like, you're like, 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 so he has. He has been able, like, there's that whole sequence where, like, he can hear, th- where he can turn off the hearing and Zod can't. Like, right, yeah. Like, so they play up him having the home court advantage. Mm-hmm. So that's why he beats Zod, even though Zod is trained military. Right. Whereas with this character, yes, she's been on Earth, but she has not been honing her powers. Right. She had not been soaking she literally up. Got she has su- not been soaking up the Kansas sun for 20 years. Yeah, she so literally she got sun 20 minutes ago so she, and put on the suit. So she should have <laughs> lost. Yeah. Like that's I think and I'm like I think so like that's why like and she had to lose. Yeah, I just felt like I just felt bad for her because I thought like she was one of the 
good points in the movie. And Great I felt casting. Like she yeah. was like she was in good. and out so quick. Yeah, I, I almost would have rather than like just recast Superman and have it been like, you know, but it was still good. It was it was one of the highlights of the movie for sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, this... This movie was fucking terrible. Michael Keaton was great in it. Thank God Michael Keaton was in it because otherwise it would have been entirely unwatchable. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I and think... Th- I think also it was interesting as I was driving over here, um, and it's funny how like how movies have changed now, which is not... And I realize it's affecting my opinion of the movie is going into the movie, I already had a negative view because of the whole, oh, well, you know, James Gunn is rebooting it. And it's yeah. almost like because we know... It doesn't mean anything to the greater story. It doesn't connect. Now your opinion already changes, which is so interesting versus like being a standalone movie. You could just enjoy it for what it is. It's you're always looking like, what's the connection? What's the connection? And because it doesn't, it changes your opinion, which I think is fascinating where movies are going in that regard. Well, this is a very unique case in that sense because we basically already knew the movie failed. Yes. It's like watching a sports game. Yep. Right. Where you already know the result, but right. you're watching it on tape delay. Right, like, yeah. like we know that if this movie was actually as amazing as James Gunn, Kevin Smith, and other people have said, that they wouldn't be reviewed in the world. Like, we already know that it's being replaced. It's, right. it's almost I like know what it's, almost, it's, it's almost like watching a show after after it's been canceled. Right. Yeah. Like, oh well, I know it can't be that great. Right, because I was like, it was canceled uh, well, after two like, episodes. Right, everyone's like, "Oh, watch Serenity and Firefly." It's like, "Well, it's one season." Like, I, like I'm gonna get you know, what I mean, it's a good show, but I'm saying, you well, know, but, no, no, but not, that's a good example. Yeah. So that's, but that, so the, the, that season, but then it got a movie, right? Exactly, even though it was canceled. Right, this is not getting that whatever that is. Right, <laughs> so that's what I'm interested. In. What, 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 what? I mean, I'm assuming they would be, but like, what would our opinions been if we knew that this was just where the DC yeah, was going? Well, it's yeah. like it's like we would have been would. more open-minded going in because we would have been like, maybe this is the one that fixes it. Because I thought for a while, I thought this could be the one. Because I always thought the soft reboot, which is what they were basically yeah. doing, I always thought the soft reboot was a good idea because there are aspects of the DCEU I like. You know, I you know, and there's still aspects of this movie that I like. Like it, but it has to be a whole teardown. Yeah, I would have been more optimistic if it was. Uh, I would have been more optimistic um, if the movie came out like even four years ago, like yeah. even remotely close yeah. to when it was supposed to come out, because then it would have yeah. been a different movie. And it's interesting that so they, and then they also had the cameo from Aquaman basically be like, wait, we got one more. We oh got God, Aquaman what a coming. Waste, what a waste of an after credits. I know. Was. Right? My God. I mean, yeah. who's, even George Clooney going to be in that movie? Shazam yeah. was great. Like it was a like, it was like, Shazam it was, was a yeah. horrible movie, but that end credit scene almost yeah, saved the fucking movie. The end credit scene was the best part of the movie. Yeah, like the like that would have been that should have just been a mid credit scene and call it a day. Don't make, don't make me wait through fifteen minutes of credit for that fucking because it was it was a funny scene, but that's a mid credit scene. Don't fucking make me wait for that. Um, all right, so uh, I mean you you've got to go see this movie, but. You know, don't expect uh, no, no, too this, much. This will be on HBO Max in a month. You know, yeah, but the, it'll the be on D- HBO Max yeah. in a month. The DC oh, wait, Snyder Cut. Do we want to do over under? How much you think it's actually going to make? Oh, box office wise. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's. I think it'll be five. Solid five. No, yep. it's it's going to crater second week. But, Absolute but, but, crater. But over, overall, I think it'll gross. It's, it's going to be three. I think it, I think it'll gross uh, uh, five hundred overall. This is worldwide, not just U.S. I think it gets less than three hundred worldwide. Really. I think it's going to absolutely. Well, oh, you know why? Oh, you, well, because also too. Look at the well, next couple of weeks of movies. But that's also too. What's going to crater it is going to be all the reviews because people wait for the reviews after the yeah, first and week. And, and see, if the yeah. reviews are good, it'll either stay or go up. But the reviews go bad, then yeah. Then and we live in a world where Shazam went to HBO Max in a month, and I think people know. I'll wait for a month. Yeah, right, probably. like oh, oh, it's not doing like, good. Thinking, oh, well, we'll just wait. I'm thinking of my friends I just texted now. Like I know my my buddy Dave, who's a, the biggest Batman fan I know. I bet you he got my text and he was probably like, all right, I'm not going out. I have a kid. I have a life. I can spend that night doing anything else. He's going to watch it on HBO Max in 30 days. Um, But I will have to say one plug as we're finishing up here. Um, The next episode of Cannon Fodder is going to be uh, like a second part basically to this episode because the next episode of Cannon Fodder is Tim Burton's Batman because this is not the only piece of of, um, DC product that like builds off of uh, Tim yep. Burton. So like we're going to talk about the original Tim Burton movies and all the other things that have built off into these different spaghetti strands 
um, off of that. So we're going to talk about how this movie ties in, the Batgirl movie, the OnStar commercials, Birds of Prey, <laughs> Batman and Robin. Um, I love it. Just all the, you know, the Batman 89 comic book, all the different continuations of the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman. So this will be kind of a part two, and that will be spoiler-filled as well. But So if, if you liked anything that we did on this, Listen to the next episode yeah. of Cannon Fodder. And then me and Matt have so much content. So much content we have coming up. Transformers, Transformers, Fast X, Spider-Verse, Little Mermaid. That's going to oh, be a, a three-hour episode oh, on its God. own. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of content. All of which out. I'm sure are better than this movie. Jesus Christ. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Matt. I'm Will. And I'm Ed. We'll see you guys next time.